Hey guys, welcome back to the NFT series. And today we have with us Ruggiero, Yasmin, and Madhok for the first time ever on screen with us in the Crescent Media podcast series. So Ruggiero and Yasmin are here from the Vugu Brigadia team, the co-founders and the founders, whatever you feel calling them. They are them. They are the people we all have been interacting with for all those months. And Nighthawk, again, I don't think uh, the CNFT space needs any introduction. So <laughs> how about a one-line introduction from all of you people, and then we can go ahead in the flow of the questions. Ruggiero. Okay, hi, I'm uh, Ruggiero Lupo, the artist, the 3D artist of Voodoo Brigada. I work with my with my wife Yasmin, which uh, she's who she's. Okay, uh, hi, I'm Yasmin, and I'm a fashion stylist and art director, and also I'm the community manager. Let's say, and I take care of everything related to voodoo. So we are Voodoo Brigada, and uh, and uh, we're here to talk about our projects. <laughs> Great, Nighthawk. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm Nighthawk. Um, I'm a project advisor in the space. Uh, I've been working with Voodoo Brigada for just about a month now. Um, I joined the team over New Year's and it's been nothing but dreamy working with them. They're some of the most talented people I've ever encountered. So it's an absolute honor Thank to work with They're so yes. lovely. Awesome. Thanks for so, having us. <laughs> Thank you for being here. So the Voodoo Brigada season two collection is right around the corner. So without disclosing much details for it, what's the expectations you are aiming for this time? Because again, there was a lot of change currently. The roadmap, the website update, which I just saw was amazing. The whole design change was really lovely, loved it. So in terms of the most respected CNFT projects out there, Voodoo Brigada is one of them. How does that make you feel and what's the pressure like when launching season two? Okay, so definitely, I mean, speaking of season two, uh, it's gonna be like, the, the total number of, uh, of voodoo's be much less than in the first collection. So that's what I'm going to say about that. And I mean, we're honored that you guys think that we're one of the most respected projects in the Cardano community. That makes us so happy because like a year ago, we knew nothing about all of this. So being where we are today, uh, I mean, that's, we're just like really, really uh, grateful also for the community, the people who have supported us, the people who have, you know, always share, um, share their love for Voodoo with us. I mean, we're just completely, we're, we're really honored and, and it's great. It's been a roller coaster, definitely. So this has been an adventure, but we're just so happy to be on this, on, on this new path in our lives, you know, developing Voodoo Brigada. Probably artistically, it will be more cryptic, more dark, more magic. And so, yeah. yeah, so talking about artistically, uh, I think we all agree and the whole, at least the whole community agrees that it's still one of the most distinct projects in terms of the art. So what's the thought process behind it, Rogero? What what goes behind your mind in your mind whenever you're designing? I saw I saw the live session you did today. I went over YouTube. That was awesome. So, but then that was just a live session. What goes inside your head? Because that's a major stage. 
I thank you. I don't think it's only a technical thing. Probably it's more it's more related with what we put together. It's not uh, probably when I do voodoo's, I just don't put things to be together and to appear like something. But we always put elements. You know, any single accessory somehow belongs to something that uh, comes from our dream or our themes, and then somehow and also, also we always put some kind of. Uh, uh, secret uh, esoteric elements hidden kind of everywhere that I think probably is this I don't know yeah Why and also this? like when we started um you know working on the space and doing our research like we never thought okay let's look at what other people are doing so we can do the same for like we yeah. used to look at that for like strategies and stuff but yeah. never to take inspiration from other people's art because yeah. we wanted to do like what felt right. Yeah. But this is us. this is also something I do honestly I do in my normal artistic life. I never get inspired by other artists' art, but maybe from maybe much more from their own biography than their than their own art itself. Than when I want to produce it, and then probably this also made the difference because we we just when you know I just create completely free without make putting uh, any uh, any limits or following any any path no. okay so so i really want to know this i i don't know honestly if it's out there or not what was the thought behind so who started that we should start a voodoo doll project so why a voodoo doll again okay again it started okay it started for me yes, yes. i mean it's it, i wouldn't say that it started together it's uh, maybe we said some about this already but you know she she i mean it, actually we were working on a cover album for for a musician and uh i said okay i want to she was sketching uh, you know in that period she was sketching a lot of dreams out of her, her dream every night you know then every day she was coming you know waking up and drawing the dream then at some point uh, instead to research somewhere out of the, the you know the, my world. I just went to her own sketch, and then I took two sketch, and I create two creatures. Very nice. They were very interesting, and I recognize in them some voodoo dolls. Then later I say to her, you know, look at this image. We should do something on voodoo's, because the voodoo's also, the voodoo dolls itself is very interesting as a net, as as a creator, you know, as as a concept, you know, because it's connecting spiritual with physical. You know, it's kind of a connection between the reality and something is not real. Then somehow, you know, it started. And it started out as an idea, you know, just like this. Yeah, just like, like this. Oh, that's good. All right. Okay. And then it was interesting later because it was all about creating, playing with colors and what, what we mean with color. There is all my favorite color, all her favorite color. We just mixed together. And then we played with, with all these elements, which are accessories, which for us are, you know, all of them somehow very important. And then there is the last final trick of, you know, generating, you know, a lot of different but same things, you know, like it's like creating a population, a real population of entities where, you know, it's like us, you know, I was saying to her, you know, it's interesting how, yes, we speak much more about, um, you know, they are unique than how they are, you know, than, much more than the diversity, you know, like, I don't know, I find it, uh, they are very similar to humans. 
because they're kind of like all the same because obviously they have their similar traits but then they when they're all done differently they each have like their own identity and their own you know personalities their character is created right. and so it's re it's kind of like human beings you know yeah. we all have you know a human body we all have hair that's just like kind of different and stuff and that makes us in our yeah. individuality and our whole totality we're all unique at the same yeah. time it's playing with archetypes let's say i really love how passionate you both were when you were explaining the whole thought behind it. So one more follow-up question for that. Have you ever been exposed to a voodoo doll? Because back in India, it's a taboo subject. It's honestly yeah. a taboo. Yeah. It's a huge taboo. The black magic scenario. It's, it's, yeah. it's something we don't even talk about. So have you been exposed to it? Have you actually seen, played, or heard stories regarding voodoos? I have seen long, long time ago when I was in university in, uh, I remember in a, in a uh, festival of cinema, cinema de Pobol, it was called, okay. It was, um, there was a very interesting documentary that was uh, on top of this. And I got always uh, kind of, uh, kind of shocked. For example, I, you know, I, I learned there that, you know, the concept of zombies exist. I mean, there is people who actually die and reborn because they actually die for a limited time, and I didn't know. Then somehow, you know, somehow you see how, you know, most of the fantastic world take, you know, uh, some inspiration by reality. Well, you know, and, and the opposite, you know, then somehow. I never personally had any <laughs> interaction, <laughs> but I had many friends, for example, Lebanese friends, because I'm from Lebanon. I used to live in like Nigeria, and they tell me, yeah, you don't mess with the juju, and it's like super taboo there, you have to be careful, because yeah. it's like super, you know, so I always had like these mystical background stories, but, you know, I, I, I we kind of like the idea of voodoo, is that they're kind of creepy, but at the same time, a bit magic, and, and, and still at the same time, they can embody like a human form because that's what, you know, they kind of represent, you mm. know. So it, it was interesting uh, in that sense, you know, to play around because we had like, we have lots of um, Latin margins to play around with. That's also why we're like, okay, that's something cool. It's a doll, but it's kind of creepier. And, it's, you know, there's that thing about it that makes it just right. a bit more interesting. Yeah, so it's almost 12 a.m. out here. And then probably after the call, we'll we'll be sharing some few scary stories. Totally. Get into that voodoo feel. <laughs> okay, so so I really want to know how this combination of voodoo brigada and Nighthawk just came into being. Who approached whom first? And what was the whole interaction like? If you want, I can speak about that because uh, yeah. I actually... We were struggling for a while, searching for someone who's witty and like the marketing and, you know, can actually uh, help us a bit because, you know, we are both artists, okay? And so in this NFT world, you know, everything goes so fast and we need to learn so much and we have to so much to so We're like, okay, now we're in the car. The car is moving, but we're kind of like, you know, struggling to see the road. Where do we go? And so we were <laughs> on an interview with Cardano, uh, Cardano Thor, if I'm not yes, mistaken. Yes. And we were telling him like, yeah, we're actually searching for someone to help us out. And then he was like, oh, you should get the night talk, you know? She's so, going to be here. Yeah, so, I think we were with us. Yeah, and she yeah. was actually listening to the, to the space that day. And so yeah. we connected right after. And then we actually, uh, we, we, we clicked and then we have, 
we did realize that we have kind of like the same targets and same visions and same values. So I, th I thought it was like a, a great match. Yes, and definitely life changed after yeah. we met. Yes. <laughs> you of... changed our lives, my thought. Yes, Thank yes, you. yes, because now we do mm -hmm. things much more, you know. Yeah, yeah there's more with... substance in everything yeah. we do. Yes, yes, of course. So was she the missing piece in your whole life right now? <laughs> <laughs> Also a life coach for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was very organic the way that we met. And um, thank you so much for, to Cardano for, for the stream because that's essentially yeah. how we sort of came together. And, you know, with Brigetto and Yasmin, we have this sort of kinship and that we both come from, I mean, this was like past life, but high fashion. That's where I started just after uni. And so, Together, it's almost like we have this inside joke of no matter what, uh, all roads lead to fashion. So obviously you're going to see that in Beauty Brigada as you know, we develop. And um, no matter what, it's sort of like we, we have the same, as Yasmin said, values. Uh, we're both spirit, we're all spiritual kinds of people and we're very open-minded, very beauty oriented. So I think it's just been an amazing experience and I can't speak highly enough of them. Like I just feel, so honored that my opinion is respected with them. And, you know, at the end of the day, they have full autonomy in the project. I'm an advisor um, I give them my recommendation and they choose whether to execute it or not. But thus far it's been a, a true partnership. So yeah, I think um, it all worked out and you're going to be seeing huge things from us. So in terms of being an advisor, what was the first two things you changed or you basically discussed and came to a conclusion with? What was those first two things you entered with? So, yeah. So the biggest brief, I think, for us was to identify our roadmap for all four quarters of this year. Um, because Yasmin and Ruggiero, they had um, a roadmap but they didn't know exactly how strategically it all sort of pieced together. And what I was doing was essentially saying, right, let's form a cohesive roadmap that shows progression. So for example, Voodooverse is a, <clears throat> a metaverse kind of oriented. It's not metaverse proper, but it's going to be its own space of interaction with our community. And to make that happen, there needs to be a progression. We can't just say, you know, in Q2, Q3, it's going to be ready. Um, there needs to be a progression in that. And obviously I believe in the practicalities of it. So specific to the roadmap, what I did was say, right, we've promised um, or we committed to, and we really believe in creating the physical voodoo doll, for example. So let's go ahead and work out those practicalities before we chat about the future. Because in Metaverse at this stage, I mean, even when you think about Pavia and Artifact Moon, it's all in the future. It's all a bet on full functionality in the future. And mm -hmm. I'm much more about the present and what we can do tactically today to uh, make Voodoo Brigada more valuable for the investors. At the end of the day, the project is a business like any other, and it needs to be run like one. And that means executing milestones in the present. So that means working on art development, which Ruggiero easy, he's a genius. And it means working on producing those physical voodoo dolls. It means branding off chain with other uh, personalities and brands, shall we say. And it all means going about it organically so that we attract 
a community that fully acknowledges voodoo as an art project, first and foremost. We have never ever uh, marketed ourselves as a utility first project. So when you go to buy, I don't know why you would, but if you go to buy a Rembrandt, for example, and you hang it on your wall, it's a store of value, but you don't say to the artist, right, why hasn't it appreciated a thousand fold after six months? You don't. You understand it has a store of value and you hang it on your wall. Voodoo Brigada is the exact same thing. Every single thing that we execute on that roadmap, which we have full intention to, um, is intended and planned to add value to the project. So that was really my first brief was um, making sure that every single thing on that roadmap, whether directly or indirectly supported that appreciation of investment to season one. Right, right. So, yeah, so when we are talking about physical voodoo dolls, is there a thought? It's an afterthought or a thought just going behind your mind, which is, will that have an effect in terms of the voodoo token holders? Because, yeah, it's it's completely fine till we hold a digital piece. But obviously, because there is obviously a superstition we can call it a superstition or a thought behind holding or keeping actual voodoo, physical voodoo dolls in a person's house. It's it, if, if we talk about me personally or people in back in India, it's it's a pretty big shazam. If not my family, the neighbors will come in and they will be saying stuff because, and that's facts. It's gonna happen. The whole neighborhood would know it before I say it, announce it. If oh, within an hour, it, it's a pretty big deal. And I, I know there are certain religions. It's not about India or not. It's religious. At the same yes. time, there are superstitions. There are stories. So it just has too much things going around it. So is that a thought which is going behind your mind that for whatever reason, will there be a good acceptance of it or not? Because I personally, I would love to have one. But for me to convince holding that piece in my hand and talking to everybody. It's it's a pretty weird okay. conversation which I, I'm looking for. What do you think? Okay, first of all, we did the white magic and black magic, uh, you know, like collections only because of the colors, white and black. And also only because black are more stylish, usually, you know, look at me, you know, right? but, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, not in you know the dark uh, the dark side is always more stylish but both of them they're good magic you know then they only can bring beautiful and good things of course then that's why you should have a real one and the digital but uh, i mean the I, real know. one i think it will be like more artisanal okay so yes. it's gonna be nice it's not gonna be something that's like you know, manufactured fast, let's say. Yes. You know? So it's gonna be like a collector's item, something that you wanna keep in your house and maybe not show your neighbors and, you know, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, it's it's gonna be like a collector's item, let's say, that's for sure. Yes. It's like something that you keep in your house and you don't really take outside, I guess. Also yeah. because it might be taboo, as you're saying, like, but anyway, they're cute and they're kind of funny. So you're not gonna be like, oh no, you know, it's, I'm, gonna, I'm cursed now. So I hope it's not going to be like that. Because, you know, we actually give lots of positive energy to our voodoo. Yeah. I think that, you know. That's they can what, only be good. Yes, that's what we think. <laughs> Agreed. I, I, I don't 
I don't disagree on that fact. I'm 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 totally up for good and bad magic. So votes for good ones. <laughs> Only for good magic. White and black, but good. Yeah. Yeah. I There's also you know the argument of of a perfectly innocuous child doll, right? With the blonde hair and the blue eyes, and they're creepier. We have Annabelle, you know. We have that true life story of that haunted doll, so it can go yeah. either way. And really, I mean, from a marketing perspective, um, we create. We're going to create these physical voodoo dolls if and because people want them. So you have full autonomy to decide if you want to bring something playful right in your house as well as something potentially uh symbolic of spirituality in whatever form it takes yeah. so it's up to you completely but you know it's only going to look dodgy if you stick some pins in it and put an altar up but we're not suggesting that it's almost going to be like what is it called a funku pop doll you know oh, yeah. character yeah those character dolls so or like a furby those things were bloody weird <laughs> they're awkward um <laughs> but yeah there's actually someone in our community sorry for interrupting but there was someone in our community who said you guys should if you decide to do physical voodoo dolls you should do them in like you know uh, boxes like transparent boxes like the collectibles so they become like real collectibles as well like you know some people yeah. collect Penguin and barbie dolls from the 1960s or you know you can start collecting also you know the the yeah. and it's your decision if you want to remove them from the box because then that's like not in mint condition anymore. So yeah, could so be. it could be something interesting as well. Yeah. Right. So so have you actually already dabbled with talking with physical manufacturers, producers, or got some samples for it? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, so how how are the... they coming out right now? So we're still in the initial process, but like we're still right. uh, deciding, you know, what kind of fabrics and also, Definitely. you know, yeah. uh, like, for example, because, you know, they're going to be plush. OK, so inside there should be like some kind of material. So we're deciding like, OK, do you want the material that's like made out of polyester? That's actually much more, uh, let's nope. say, but it's much more uh, clean, not yeah. clean, like hygienic. Yeah. Like hypoallergenic and yeah. these kind of mm -hmm. things, hypoallergenic. I think yeah. that's how it's it. Yeah, or if we want to put like sheep wool, but then sheep wool would be less, um, you know. So we're just like still going through these kind of details for now. Yeah, we point on sustainability in general. Yeah. Then somehow on you know possibility to do something that uh, is regenerated and doesn't destroy later in yeah. days. That you know. And also it's an Italian uh, uh, artisanal uh, designer who does them by hand. So the quantity is not like you're gonna have, well, unlimited yeah. quantity, how much you want to buy. No, it's gonna be actually like a really yes. kind of uh, specific and- you It's know. another artist co-working with us, which will do one by one, then it will be like probably all different They're one by one. Yes, they are all unique. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that handcrafted ones just hold more value to it, regardless of how many pieces you yes. actually come up with. So, yeah, so this question is out for Yasmin. What's so talking about you being in the fashion world and in even Nighthawk? So, what's the difference of input when you are giving your ideas and your thoughts when creating the digital pieces? And right now, yeah. when you're finally going to touch all the fabrics on the dolls, how okay. different are those inputs? Good question. So, what's interesting is that, you know, I'm my so my 
the, my first, like my career was in fashion design and fashion styling and art direction. So fashion styling and art direction is usually what I love to do. I love like putting pieces together and creating, you know, storytelling. And that's basically what we also do with voodoo, but in a different way. And so what's different is that when we're designing in 3D, you can do whatever you want. And that's just great because you're like, wow, I can literally do whatever I want. But then you're like, okay, what do we do then? And so you have this opportunity to do so many infinite possibilities that now we have like, okay, so what is feasible for the physical dolls? You know, what is gonna look the best and that's the closest to the actual voodoo dolls? Like what kind of materials are we gonna use? Because, you know, in 3D, like you use many materials that you can also invent. You can invent textures and you can create whatever texture you want, yes. but in reality, it's not the same. So that's gonna be the challenge, I think. But mainly, you know, what happened actually is what, is what happened before, because I, I was in fashion as well for 20 years as a photographer. Yes. And me and her, we worked, you know, together in fashion editorial. She was the stylist, I was the photographer. Then now, whatever I do in 3D is also coming from her own research. And because, you know, the research we do together, and actually she probably in fashion, she does more research than me then. She creates, she makes me all the research and then I start producing out of the research things. And then of course, together we finalize. Yeah. And then Because I can give him like so many references, but then yeah. what looks good in 3D, what is feasible? Yes. And also because he has to work with lots of physics and forces, you know, to make <laughs> everything look so realistic. Yes. And so yeah, he, it's a mess. he becomes a scientist at some point. <laughs> and so uh, so it's, it's, it's sometimes challenging before that we're like, okay, we can do so many things. What are we gonna do? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. So Nighthawk. So, in terms of designing, how much inputs do you actually give in, or how many times you actually feel that I should, should I or should I not say something right here? Because again, there because being in the creative field, I understand there will always be. Uh, there's hardly a, any chance that there's no clash of opinions. It's always going to be there, no matter how it is. It's basically on the understanding that people go through something. So what's that understanding level between all three of you right now? It's a good question. My yes. position as advisor is that I have very little to do with the artistic direction other than ensuring we're just ahead of market trend. So for example, my real function in the artistic way is to ensure that we're not doing auto gem, that we're not doing vector art, flat images, um, in the way of vector art, anything that um, isn't custom. Um, and so for me, it's, I mean, I see that thankfully, I recognize Ruggiero's artistic direction as what, um, more than than I could ever expect. So while reviewing season two prototypes this past few weeks, I've just been absolutely taken aback. I think I even tweeted like I teared up at one point when he showed me because they were so, they were masterpieces and you don't see that on the market now. But no one knows what, what's going to happen and how, I mean, if they're not taken aback, I, I don't know what they're expecting. Um, because even on Ethereum, I mean, I don't see this level. So that being said, I can tell him or suggest we might have a specific animation type within the actual asset, but his direction, I basically watch 
<laughs> and you know, I give him my opinion, but I I'm of the um, let's say approach that it's not an advisor's place to interfere with the art because the artist always has his own view and his own nature. And you can't manipulate that without manipulating the ethos of the project. So if I really wanted to have a say in the artistic direction, I'd start my own project. But I also joined Voodoo because I love the art itself. And I trust Ruggetto to take it in directions that no one else can touch. That's the competitive edge in me. Thank I'm not you. just going to work for projects. I'm going to work for the best. So that being said, I have very little to do. All I can do is say, right, you brought me to tears yet again. I'm not normally this <laughs> off. Okay, okay, okay. So now I'm going to cry. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. We can all cry together after the call. <laughs> <laughs> so, so are we going to have few sneak peeks anytime soon in the coming weeks? Yes, so technically now we have a schedule for uh, <laughs> sneak peek. So every, um, yes, every Thursday and no, every Friday and Monday. Yes, or Tuesdays. I will check the schedule. Tuesday, <laughs> it's a new schedule. <laughs> but yes, we will be posting uh, sneak peeks much more, um, you know, uh, you know, often. Oftenly. And uh, also, you know, the sneak peek. Also, I just want to add that, uh, you know, because now we have lots of congestion problems with the Cardano blockchain right. and everything. So in case, but also in any way, um, in, in case there's lots of congestion, we will be doing some kind of digital event at the end of uh, March. March to kind of show a bit about uh, CDP. Okay, a bit more like, um, yeah, like a digital teaser, okay? That's gonna be uh, before the collection. So that's gonna be something to look forward to. I'm not gonna get too details, too many details, but it's gonna be something super fun and also really in the ethos of what Voodoo Brigada wants to uh, wants to express. Right, so I'm getting too many video breakdowns and that's a good thing. It's, <laughs> it's all gonna go on Twitter soon. <laughs> so, so uh, I really want to know on a scale of one to 10, Okay, and I, I think Ruggiero, Ruggiero, the person for this, on a scale of one to ten, or actually, let's let's get it bigger, one x to two ten uh, x. What's the jump from the current Voodoo designs to the next for the next drop? What's that multiplication looking like? Okay. Hmm. I, I mean, definitely they're much more okay. creepy. Okay, yes, there is more, there is more things, you know, there is more details, there is more little things, there is, um, it's uh, more uh, intriguing somehow, but you know, it's more intrig intriguing for me that I'm kind of black, you know, then I'm a black magic man, you know, like, it, <laughs> I, you know, it's less popish, less, uh, Okay. It's a bit more serious, more psychological. Let's say yeah. I'm season one and yeah, season two. So I'm yes. just kind of silly, colorful, happy, a bit funny. And then yes. yeah. <laughs> and then season two is gonna be like dark, intense, and emotional. Yes, and kind of full of stuff. 
and that just makes me feel like an airdrop so yeah yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so nairog you were saying that you have you are looking for the others designs and you want to be ahead of the market trends so i don't know if you want to name projects here i don't think that's a good thing to do anyhow if at all you have or are creating a benchmark with any other project how do you see that how do you differentiate as to this is the level of the art style which is coming forward because every day uh, like i think we all agree on this that every day there is a new design concept or a new design thinking or the whole process changes there are just too many ai generated art right now coming up like the computers can predict how 2040 looks like so like to, to be very <laughs> honest it's changing very rapidly so how do you create that benchmark um it's a good question so <clears throat> there are many projects coming into the space now and um you know the art they're creating is essentially derivative or i shouldn't say all of it but a lot of it is derivative or it's via vector flat autogen etc all these things that sort of make it what we've already seen before and to be honest with you those aren't the projects i have my eye on um the projects that have been around since let's say q3 of last year um you know your bit fins your ugly bros um projects like that that are consistently upgrading or evolving their artistic direction and utility well those are the projects i'm going to respect and look up to and uh move with them in the market you know it's not just one project that is the market it's a combination but the combination is curated so they've proven themselves in some way and it's important to distinguish that the projects that are the most vocal in the space the ones that are doing interviews speaking regularly on twitter spaces those are the ones to really look at because they're investing they're they're literally with their time and their mental capacities they're investing in the space and so i know that they're ones to watch just from that respect the ones that sort of fade into the background and you know uh potentially they're they're known because of their artificial marketing practices or something dodgy going on um that's all right they can continue carry on we'll watch them blow up in the future and for me i i only touch things that i know are a known quantity is the value in that project going to exist and sustain itself past season 10 is the team competent and it's really subjective as well i mean i you know someone else might have a completely different take but that's really how i identify the projects to watch and sort of that's how i label them as the market it's it's okay. multiple things ingredients yeah so uh let's talk about the new upcoming projects we have there there has been a trend where we have we are seeing projects have a higher mint price and that's more than the average of what the whole community has ever seen so how important do you think that initial mint price level is for any project be it across seasons 
because that always creates an impact because again we know that there is always a flow drop no matter how good or how, how hype that project is or that season for that project is there will always be a flow drop no matter what so it always so there are there are section of people who are waiting staying up till whatever time it is for that mint and there are people who are just hoping for that fall that initial fall right after that mint so what what is that level that thought behind that level according to you well it's human psychology so the whole enterprise of supply demand scarcity it plays into every single project on every single secondary marketplace um and it's quite simple it's if you saturate the market with too much volume then naturally the floor is just going to uh you know run itself ragged for a while it's going to take time to appreciate over time but so long as the project's executing strategically it'll be just fine so long as we have artistic direction you know uh we have organic marketing we have proper leadership artistic etc but with these projects that are consistently and like you mentioned it's inevitable for let's say we mint the floor price drops people undercut each other essentially undermining the project and the value that's just human psychology right um and i actually ran a a little quiz on twitter the other day and i said right for you what's your main intention when you're minting a project is it you're going to huddle you're going to flip immediately or you're going to purchase multiple and then flip and the majority of them meaning about 70% said we're going to huddle and flip and then 30% said we're going to just huddle so there you have it the majority speaks that on the whole um people are going to simply split the project sell on secondary but to do that you need to be competitive in price so it's part of the nature you know and it's keeping things running um and that's fine but so long as we look at these as they're literally stores of value they're valuable people are going to transact with them it's available it's just a it's important to keep in mind as well that flippers are fine for the market because they keep jpeg lights on so to speak but for a project um we're not necessarily focused on the flippers we're focused on the community builders when i call the loyalists they are our priority because they're going to follow us support us from collection 1 to collection 10 etc they're going to show up to our in person events they're going to contribute to the conversation in discord every day they're going to basically help us shape the culture of vd brigada they're the ones that we love and adore and we listen to um and i think every project whether they like to admit it or not that's their focus because they realize that if someone is not committed to the project how much energy do you actually need to expend because all of our energies all of our attention is very valuable at this point we're being pulled in different directions so the ones that we're really paying attention to you are the ones that are actively contributing to our project in a respectful kind positive way right so uh building on that sorry so you want to say something no oh, good cool. so, so building on that how so there are a lot of collaborations coming up and i i think i just saw one of the new projects dedicate a custom piece sometime back and 
To who? Uh, I, I think it was for you, Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, are you talking about Shark Squad? No, I think it was, I, I, I think it was Deadly Pandas. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I oh. just got a DM from them as well. So. <laughs> so, yeah. So how important is collaborations right now? Because that's, I feel that's what the new projects are aligning towards. Collaborate, collaborate, and then grow. Build on the audience or the community of other projects. Obviously, they need to give their own credibility. They have to, in terms of designs, but what was that approach looking like? And if at all, are you interested in something like that? I'll go ahead and start. And then Yasmin or Vegetto, you can um, fill in anything or add, you know, your two cents. So collaborations are something that projects um, in, the, in the past of, let's say 2021 have thought it's almost like an obligation to, to include on their roadmap. Um, as far as cross-pollinating, meaning exposing each other's communities to each other and potentially growing your base. For us, it's very important that we add value to the project before we go ahead and do a collaboration because there's lots of work to be done to be fully transparent with you. Um, and then for us, we're not just going to choose one just because they reach out to us 60 times. We're going to be very tactical about this because Voodoo Brigada is not like any other project. And we need that level of artistic direction, uh, reputation, team to make it a natural fit. We're not just going to choose someone who knocks on our door. And Ruggiero, as an artist, needs to feel excited about it so that he can create something that's going to consistently move us forward. So I would never suggest that we come to the table and speak to anyone unless Yasmin and Ruggiero have that fire and they can see the vision because I think they'd see the vision before I would to be perfectly transparent with you. Do you guys have any other input? Yeah, I mean, I would just uh, um, consolidate what you said when you said that like, we don't want to do a collaboration just to make a collaboration. Yeah. We want to do it if it feels right. We want to do it also if, because we have such a specific product, like we are a 3D you know, uh, project. And, most of the projects um, that we see on Cardano, you know, we have a bit of diversity now. I'm not gonna lie because maybe in, in November or in October, there was more like same type of projects. And now we have more diversity, which is cool because then we have more possibilities and we're like, okay. If, so we kind of, every time we see a project, we kind of imagine like a hybrid, like I, how would that look like? And you know when it feels right, I guess that we're gonna we're definitely gonna get to it, of course, because we think it's a good idea. And and Voodoo Brigada also really believes in collaboration. You know, yeah. like um, it's not like the old world anymore, especially with the Cardano. Like it's not like ah oh, okay, mm, uh, huh. mm. I mean, without saying a bad word, I'm, I'm thinking like uh, how do I explain that? You know, I think like, just beep it out. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you know, uh, fucking others over, you know, to get, for us to gain. Like the world is not like that anymore, and that's also like why we were like bored of the fashion industry because it's a bit like a competition. 
if you push like this, like it's not like that anymore. It's more of a collaboration thing. All together, we can go higher. Yeah, also has to be something that has to be a collaboration that makes sense in the concept or in the aesthetic or it doesn't have to be 3D because we do 3D. No, no, it's not about this. It has to be something that is well, you know. Compatible? Yes, compatible, that can live together somehow. Then we are looking for something like this to make a, make a project that becomes something else and still it's beautiful. And to expand and bloom, not just yeah. to be like, okay, let's collaborate, you know? Yes, yes. If in a particular point of time, you feel that a particular person in the CNFT space or someone in your community or just for the love of your community, you create a unique art piece. We not for sale, not for the market, just out yeah, there showing your love. It's yeah, it's something we're doing already and we do, we're actually with doing it with the mods. Yes, yes, with our mods, actually, it's a long process because I'm doing something specific for them. And uh, actually, they, they design the idea on top of uh, like a paper doll kind of a template. They started collecting things and sending us and slowly, slowly, you know, I'm doing all of them. And then, you know, all the, all the, all the dolls for the mod, which are unique. They have unique pieces inside, they are made for them, you know, and then, uh, yes, actually we finalized together. Today we did yeah. one. So um, the mods aren't paid. So obviously to thank them because really they're, they're such important members of our community and team and they wouldn't leave with the brigada without them. So we decided to do custom made dolls for each of the mods. And so they got YouTube. to decide what they want. And also on YouTube, we have a playlist where you can see we already did two one-to-ones with each of our mods. So with Gabe and with QPART, so you can already see their own um, dolls there. And so obviously the dolls will be tokenized and sent to them as a, as a gift, um, um, just to thank them for all of their hard work. And I think it's, a, it's nice because they are embodying voodoo Literally, yes. so it's, it's that's the nice part. We will we will start uh, doing the meeting soon for them, yeah. you know, and then we will do just one by one whenever they are uh, ready. You know, we, we just yeah. tokenize because we have about eight months now, yeah. and so we still have to finish the others. But uh, you know, we're trying to balance working on season two, working on the new strategy, and also uh, finishing the to do list of the things that we had because you know, three D takes time. Rendering takes time. The whole process takes time. So that's why you know some you know it takes time to make good art. I'm I'm there twenty four seven. Yeah, it's the first time I put makeup in weeks, really. Yeah, <laughs> and remove my pajama as well. <laughs> so that's the truth. Yeah. So so talking about community, back a few days back in Discord when Nighthawk shared a GIF of a movie, which I think was Aunt Mary. I basically oh, initiated Auntie a conversation. Mame. Sorry? Yeah, it was the film Auntie Mame. Yeah, uh, yeah oh. sorry, Mame. So <laughs> I basically implemented that question because someone said that would be great to watch a movie. I created a conversation saying that why don't we just host one for the whole yeah. Discord channel? So is that something we can do? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
I think it's that. fun. We we want to implement more ideas and you know have fun in Discord. You know, actually, originally in our community, like, so, you know, one morning I woke up and people were doing a rap battle and there were like so many things going on and it was really nice because you know these things happen organically and that's actually uh, where then this we did like a, a voodoo. Uh, uh, rapping competition and that's actually where we got uh, yeah, where, where we discovered the catchy that one of our community members uh, song, he made the song and the song is now iconic and people are actually requesting for us to do a ringtone so we might do a ringtone that's going to be super Excellent. fun I think and very annoying but you know the kind of annoying that you love yes. so you never stop singing it yeah <laughs> So, yeah, it just yeah. just that it just touches that spot where you feel like yeah I should listen to it but probably not so many times. Just stop <laughs> ringing already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So 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 let's get on certain common topics, which is uh, I feel personally that voodoo is a collectible. It's not just art, it's a collectible, even on the on a digital level. It's something I would just like to showcase in my own metaverse somewhere, whenever that is there. So what's your thoughts on obviously your own project and in general, what NFTs are for you? It's is it just art or is it something you look at as a collectible? Or do you want something in terms of utility out of it every single time? It's, it's for all three of you. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to start. I think uh, it's definitely like you're an artist, basically. First and foremost, Zero is an artist. I am an artist. I am not a financial person. I am not a businesswoman. And we are basically artists. So definitely, we would say that Vudugada is first and foremost about the art and definitely collectible as well. Like, you know, I mean, I, I, I think like I saw this on Twitter as well once like if you buy um, an NFT for the art you're never gonna get disappointed because you 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 can't be disappointed you already been you know satisfied by whatever you bought so that's what I think when I try to buy NFTs like I buy it because I like it I don't care if it stays in my wallet my entire life it's just I, I know that I have it and, and, and that's the value to me and obviously if we have a utility that's great that's something you know in plus but i mean i don't go and i buy earrings and i expect them the earrings to jetpack me uh, somewhere else. you know what i'm saying so i don't know that's my opinion there is also another point of view that we might speak about because you know it's involving art digital art and then digital art now have a space where to be unique and be sold like any other piece of art, okay? This is all in a, a very beginning. Then somehow, you know, like I studied art and art went through many uh, revolutions. One, you know, one was one of the biggest was the last, one of the last big was like the Dadaism, which was a very big revolution in art. Art was not art anymore, okay? Then somehow, now we are in another revolution. And as I said, for example, as I spoke already in one in the first uh, in workshop. the first workshop, I really believe, okay, art and commerce they are connected. Uh, my city, you know, was born with art. With you know, art was the first big investment 
for the, the Renaissance. That's why Florence is still so famous. Now, I think that we are going in, a, in we are going through a new period that will be a revolution, not only for art, digital art, for the concept of blockchain itself, for, of decentralization, the web 3.0 is a very big thing we are part of. It's still the beginning, but definitely it's a new beginning. It's something different. It's something new that has to be understood from people. And, you know, but art is, you know, it's, we sell art. We are artists. And then if there is this beautiful new place for us, I think it's, I'm very positive. I, it, it, you know, for many, for many reasons, I'm positive about blockchain and web 2.0 and NFT. I mean, it's the proof that something can change and can be possible, I think. I feel, I feel what you just said was just so inspirational. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this just makes me yeah. believe more in our future. So Nighthawk, what's, what's your opinion? Um, <clears throat> can you repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, for you personally, is NFT, whenever you are purchasing an NFT, is it always about the art? Is that something you always look, about, look at? Or are you always seeing it as a collector perspective? Is it a collectible? Is it something you would show, show off or basically flip at a higher price? Or it's just there which adds value to your own self? It's just for your own pleasure, for your eyes. Or is it something which is always about the utility? Yeah, no, it's, it's a valid question. So in the very beginning, um, I was minting based off of what the current communities I was in was minting. And, um, you know, the, the future value proposition of those projects. And so then I found myself with a wallet that was full of projects that, the art to me was all right, but I was much more drawn to the voodoo brigadas of, you know, the world, very few of them, and woodlords, for example. And so for me, I, I sold a few of them. And right now I only meant those projects whose art I love and want to look at every single day. And I hodle, I'm a hodler. I don't flip, I don't, I barely, I don't sell. Um, because I'm no longer minting projects that I don't want to look at and show off at some point in time. Like, let's say that if I bring my social circle into the space, which they have no idea what I do, they think I like play around with images, you know, but if, and when I go about showing my wallet, which to this day I haven't, but if I do, it's going to be much more of like a shop front whereby you can see my aesthetic and that's it. I'll be happy with that. I'm not, uh, I mean, it's so, it's so freaking weird, but even as advisor, I'm only minting maybe a project every six weeks or so because my aesthetic is so specific that very few projects match that. So I get, I don't get as excited about projects that whose artistic direction I don't relate to, you know, it's just, it, it's like fashion, you know, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of my position. 
I'm only investing in projects for the art, their stores of value. I expect that the projects I do my research on are going to increase in value, but I don't have inappropriate expectations that after a month, that value is going to increase fourfold or even six months or a year. I'm looking ahead and thinking, right, if I do my own research, look at the current team, hear them in interviews and Twitter spaces to vet them, I expect that in five, 10 years, that value is going to increase thousandfold. But that's my position. Right. So, so before we go into any further, I, I think we've already crossed that one hour threshold. So if it's, so if there's a time constraint, do let me know. Right. So I have, we have our Twitter space at noon. So yes. in 40 minutes, 40, 45 minutes, mm -hmm. but um, yeah. So I would say if you can give us, or we have another 25 minutes, so it would be 40 after whereby we need 20 minutes to prep and I need to set out yeah. Yeah. 25 minutes. All right. So I'll, why don't I put a timer on as well? Because I, I lose track of time. Sure, sure, sure. I even I'll, I'll do the same. All right. 25. Right. So, so we'll, we'll move it faster. So this is a question I asked in my last interview as well, which is there has been more gender equality. If, if equality is, I think it's a wrong word. It's more inclusivity right now, where we are seeing rise of more women led uh, projects owned by women for women. And I, I think it's great that it's going on and it's increasing, which it certainly should. Our space is warm and loving and it's welcoming. So I don't think there has ever been a gender bias as far as I know, and as long or short time I have been here for, there has never been a situation where there has been any kind of a gender bias. So what's your thought on the point of gender uh, equality and the more inclusivity which is currently going on and what are you voting for? Not I think definitely present. I would say like even when we started with the Brigada and people didn't really know who I was, who Jero was, how the team works because I mean my name on uh, on Discord is Polaris Collective which is our company that creates the Brigada but basically you know they would say hey dude blah 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 or hey man so at first I was like, should I correct them? Like, I don't understand. They don't know I'm a girl. It's okay. But you know, the, the first approach that people would think is like, oh, obviously the person I'm talking to is there. And so I feel like now that's changing a bit because, uh, you know, even when we are on the Twitter spaces and stuff, and so I start speaking and obviously, you know, there are more and more women that are coming up and speaking and being comfortable. And, you know, before when you would be in a Twitter space, it would be like 95% male and I would be maybe the only female. But uh, nowadays, I feel like that's becoming a bit different. Like there are more and more women. Uh, also, I know many women who actually are part of the team and team members. And, um, and also you see much more, uh, you know, awareness about these kind of topics. Like, uh, for example, last time Paris Hilton, just as an example, um, because she's really into Ethereum, 
uh, she posted like, hey, who are the women that are, you know, uh, leading projects and stuff? And I had people tag me in that. And then, so it's nice. And also personally for me, like to be an Arab woman in the NFT space, like that's for me. It's like, yeah, you know, it's 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 very satisfying. And, and I feel really nice uh, about that because, you know, there's not much, uh, you know, already in the Arab world, they don't like now there are many new projects uh, that are related to, to, to CNFT specifically as well, but uh, but it's really slow still. So I'm just happy to, you know, be in the forefront of that. Right, right. Any, any shout outs for any of the women led NFT projects? Yeah, so definitely there is the project. They have a woman uh, who's, who's also uh, you know, it's her, I think, and her brother that are organizing everything. And she's also an Arab woman. And uh, also, I would say, um, I don't know, now on the top of my mind, there was also, uh, well, you can crop this. You know, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> thinking. Yeah, Cardano, Cardano Fairies, that it's a, a lady and her and her mom, which I think is super fun. Um, I think that's their name, Cardano Fairies. Anyway. So yeah, there are lots of, 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 of uh, you know, also I know on Ethereum, a fellow Lebanese friend that's uh, pushing and doing her, uh, her own project called Sad Girls, which they're only a female uh, PFP, let's say, project, but that's on Ethereum. Right. So yeah. So I, I think this is one of the major debated or hyped questions going around in the space, the whole space, which is what is alpha? So, as a project creator, okay. yeah, sorry. Okay, we okay, we didn't know until today that we discussed the network of both this alpha, hydrop alpha, alpha genius. I don't know. I mean, to be honest, we didn't know. Yeah. So but, when you sent the questions in before, we're like, so, and then so the thing I thought was like, no, I know what he's talking about, and so okay. she filled us in. <laughs> But uh, uh, yeah, I guess if we learned correctly, it kind of means like genius. I don't know. We never used it, but if it is, that's alpha. I mean, usually alpha is used for the top thing, you know? Like the alpha dog. Right. Like the alpha male, the alpha dog, the alpha whatever. Right? Like you're dropping truth. Truth bomb? <laughs> that, that's very understanding. That's how it was taught to me. Because someone in Woodlord was like, Nighthawk, you're constantly dropping alpha on your Twitter spaces. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and they had to explain. <laughs> and then they also had to explain to me what like bet means and UAK stands for. It's you already know. Oh, <laughs> Even uh, I didn't know that. Uh, okay, you if, if you're know talking that. about acronyms. Yeah. Uh, I was reading certain pointers yesterday and I was on a call. I was on a Zoom call with huge as team members and I was reading those pointers and I ended up reading ATM and I was thinking, why are we talking about money right now? <laughs> <laughs> and like that makes zero sense. And I read that point for three, four times and then I looked at the screen and I like, everyone just is smiling and smoking. I like, what yeah. happened? Like, it's at the moment. Damn, man, I'm, I, I just feel too old. And I'm not even old, man. <laughs> you know, that's crazy, but if you want to give the suggestion to someone who started a thesis, probably, probably this, start learning the dictionary, yeah. you know, like, because, you know, the first time we got in, we said, okay, what is people are speaking about? You know, like, sometimes, you know, there was entire sentences without any meaning to me. Yeah. And then, 
then one of the first thing is learn the language and then start doing something. So today we learn alpha. <laughs> alpha, yeah. Now we know. Now we know the alpha. You guys are totally alpha. Now talking oh, yeah. about the another alpha in house, which is Nighthawk. You literally created your own scene on the CMC stage. How did that come about? Why did you feel like you wanted to be a strategic advisor? Because I I don't think before you there was anyone with the role of an advisor. So no. how did that happen? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, so I, my professional background is in strategic leadership, project management, tech, fintech, um, marketing. And so I've had certain positions that have afforded me um, a level of leadership, right? And so the, I have a lot of transferable skills. And for me, I've always wanted to leave my corporate space. Um, I learned pretty early on that I feel quite constricted. And I still work with a few clients um, in the professional world in fintech, and I have to be very careful about how much I divulge and protection of them. Crypto is still quite a gray area in fintech. Um, and so with that being said, I wanted something of my own where I could really make a mark and not feel like I was walking in someone else's shoes. In corporate, you're essentially filling your boss's shoes or whomever moves on. And for me, I, you know, I've always had this business sense or this entrepreneurial sense where I knew I was going to start my own business one day. My family has their own businesses as well. And so it was almost um, injected within my childhood that right, one day you're going to have your own thing. And that's in a way kind of how I started to think, right, there's opportunity here. It's literally like a barren land ready for cultivation. If someone else doesn't do it, then, well, first of all, let's, let's rephrase that. If I don't do it, someone else will. And I basically just took a big leap of faith that my opinion would be respected. I would have a firm grasp of the space where market was going trend and I could build or pull in those transferable skills that I learned specifically in strategic roadmaps and marketing and leadership. And that I hoped that they would transfer over. Fortunately, I can say, I think they have, but obviously as time goes on, it, you know, proof of concept is going to be more evident, but like anything, we're all pioneers in the space. So we're all experimenting, no matter how much experience we have from quote unquote, our professional lives, whatever you do, um, we're all experimenting because the space is now one year old, give or take a few days. So it's going to take a few years for us to see, right, what has been effective and what has not. What is unique about the CNFT space that we can't even say about Ethereum? And right now what we're seeing is the community. The ethos is completely different on Cardano than it is on Solana or Ethereum. But for me, going back to your question, it's much more about me owning something, having that autonomy, uh, and then obviously partnering with those that I want to partner with. When you work in professional services, you basically are assigned clients or you can choose your clients, but that comes later, right? So for me, it was like a breath of fresh air that I could have my own stamp on something, you know? Right. So, also something uh, I wanted to add sorry, yeah, that I yeah. think is so great about this 
Like everyone has a new opportunity, you know, to be in planet and like Yeah, Spin, I would love to. Yeah, it's uh, your audio has gone down again. Yeah, do, 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 oh, do I think work. Yasmin Ruggiero, if you guys lean into the camera like that, we can hear you much more, almost uh, a little bit back. A little bit <laughs> ah, back. Okay. <laughs> That's good, yeah. Great, great. Okay, say again. Okay, can you hear me now? Better, yeah. Okay, so I just wanted to say that what's nice that in the crypto world is that you can now invent your own career and you have the space for that and you can make connections so easily. Like, look, we just connected with my talk and then, you know, now we work together and we take things seriously and we have a business and this is our life now. So it's great, you know, like anyone has an opportunity to, to not be someone like that's not the point to be a celebrity or that you can have success, or, you know, that's not related to the, the let's say the society's fabric that has always been known you know things are mm. changing up who knew that you could decide to be an artist and actually live off making your art and not having to do like commercial stuff and you know uh, taking pictures at weddings and if you know what i mean you know like now anyone has an opportunity like even anyone who wants to have a project yes it's difficult it's not the easiest thing on earth but now anyone actually has an opportunity to make their mark on the world and i think it's really great and we are very grateful to have given this opportunity to actually you know live our dream this is technically yes we want we always wanted to do something like this and this is what we're doing now and you know before 10 years ago, if you thought that you could do something like this and, and have it sustainable and, you know, long-term, you know, you'd think, yeah, what, what is she, she's crazy? What is she talking about? You know, the world doesn't work that way, but the world is changing. And so that's what I wanted to say. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think we are all on a common starting level right now. We're just constricted by our own thoughts and creativity. That's the only thing which is differentiating in any of us right now. Yeah. So, so, and I feel so, like in Cardano, yeah. sorry, last thing, in Cardano, there is a layer of equality that everyone respects, you know, like, you and know, this is, fantastic. this is a real humanity. I think that's yes. really amazing because like, I don't care where you come from, what you're doing or, you know, like, your we religion, have, your whatever, we have yes. a common interest. We are talking and we, we have, you know, uh, respect, um, you know, mm. we both have respect for each other without any judgment. I think that's great, and you know the world needs I, more of this. I think that's the starting point for many, many, you know, groups or society or whatever. You know, like it's the main, the basic point is equalities and you know, like freedom of expression. Yeah, right. There is many. So, things. yeah. So before we close this session, uh, one piece of advice from all three of you. For the new creators and the people who are here uh, into the whole new NFT space as buyers or investors. First, learn the, like, the dictionary. <laughs> okay. Learn the vocabulary. Then after, I don't know, from my point of view is doing it with real uh, good arts and then like uh, genuine, do, you know, like follow your, follow your dreams, you know, dive inside yourself do something interesting and sell to people, why not? Uh, you know, it's uh, beautiful. That's my point of view, but it's a bit- uh, Yeah. 
And, and I would say maybe like when if someone has an idea to make a project, like take it seriously. It's not something, oh, I'm just going to do this on the side. Maybe I can make a couple yeah. of bucks. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. It means a lot of time, energy. Also, um, you know, you have to work on yourself. Like I'm a very, let's say, sensitive person. And so having sometimes many people say negative things about Woody Brigada, like before I used to, like it would, I would take it at heart and stuff. And so you have to have thick skin. You have to be detached from people also at the same time. Like obviously the CNFT community is great and people are attaching, but at the same time, like try to detach for everything that you can't control and all of the negativity, because there's gonna be a lot of that. And as we've probably spoken before in previous AMAs, like people know, like I've, I've had a burnout, I've been to the hospital, like that was not fun, you know? And it's a tough job, so. Um, so yeah, but if you really like it and you really believe in your project, I don't think that that would be a problem because every day we wake up and we're like, damn, let's work on voodoo because that's what we love to do. Anyway, as, as a suggestion is to take things like, uh, you know, there is many things to learn and anything you learn, probably you don't learn it in the right way because you don't know what to do. You know, like it's a bit like this. Then somehow you know genuinity from one hand and the other hand you know it's to take things to to, to plan things and to to start learning i mean uh, and to you know relay, you learn a lot yeah you rely on also on people that you know like in our community is very helpful i mean we have to be honest I mean, a lot of people help us and they were in the Kardam community a lot of people help us to do what we have done that we have done in at the beginning and two, me and her only, you know, that. and definitely this was possible also because of the people there, yeah. because uh, alone couldn't be possible. I mean, this were right. done. So, Naito, mm. let's close the session with your last line. Yeah, so if I were a project team, what I would do is essentially make sure that I have what's called swim lanes, um, designated functions for every single team member and don't think that you can give it your best and build up that project to let's say immense value um, to the community unless you have designated functions outside of yourself it can't be you know it's it's no longer a position or an environment where it's a one-man show or one-woman show you have to have a business head you have to have a marketing person you you need some type of creative lead a quality dev and let's also clarify that a project is not made up of devs the dev is not the project the project is not the dev i don't know where this was lost in translation but it was the project is founded primarily from the creatives so it's people like Ruggiero and yasmin who are essentially creative vision of the project. They, they determine the creative direction, especially if it's not a flat utility project. If it's a utility project, fine, you can call it a dev founded project. But a project, typically their leadership is creative first. So we need the creatives, we need the marketing, the advisor, all of these people go into it, including the mods, because they actually help, which is the most important bit. They help with community building, which is yes. very important for projects and to ensure that it lasts from one collection to the next. So that being said, you need to have 
your swim lanes, you need to have people helping you. It can't be just you because if you do this on the side, uh, or even let's say eight hours a week as normal people in the space do <laughs> at this point, um, it's going to fall short and you're not going to be able to compete with these projects that have teamed up in a sense, you know? Uh, I just did a tweet, I think the other day where I think that in a full year, the average project team is going to look far different than what it was like now or last year. It's not just going to be a creator to you and a dev. It's going to be, you have creatives, you have maybe a dev or two, you have an advisor, you have a marketing community manager. You're going to, to really have to team up in order to compete because this space is growing so rapidly um, that in order to provide immense value every single time you mint a collection, which you have to, you need to have those specialties. No one can do all of that. It's impossible. Yeah. yeah. That, I like that's how really good, great advice. Yeah. You see how I talk, she's so pragmatic and we are not, <laughs> you know, and definitely, definitely this is a good suggestion because you see like, Things change fast, and uh, I mean, alone uh, is very unsustainable. Then you need someone like that. <laughs> yeah. So after after that advice, I don't think I have anything else to add or ask. <laughs> so anything after that would be an insult. So with that, I'll be closing this session, and so I hope everyone watching this got some great insights, and I hope I and I know everybody will be. Uh, going to that whole voodoo twitter and discord space because new things are coming up people and just just stay tuned so thank, thank you, you for much. watching thank you very much for having us thank you